This is the Retail Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. On that third mega trend, where consumers really have taken over the shopping channel, they're walking into stores a lot more informed. We don't hide from the fact that retail is difficult. You know, every day is a challenge, but that excites the customer. They love that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Retail Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And wow, it is great to be behind the mic chatting retail trends again because we're still pretty fresh off of NRF, um, National Retail Federation's big 2019 show. I mean, how did we already peak with the biggest show in retail? And it's only January. Um, That just means we're setting the year up for success because the content we produce there, but really more importantly, the content that we saw there um, from the technology to the companies empowering that technology was really mind-blowing and really insightful and enlightening to what is catching on in retail for 2019. I didn't go myself. Uh, We actually sent our chief digital editor, Jeffrey Short, um, but a few things did stand out to me as highlights based on the content we put together and based on what Jeff and I chatted about after his time at the show. And the first was our walkthrough video of NRF with two of the industry's biggest influencers, Melissa Gonzalez and Nicole Leinbach-Raley. They gave us an honest look at what's really shifting the industry. Both of them have chatted with us on the podcast before, and so it was great getting to meet them in person and create this really ear-to-the-ground content. The best quote from that video easily was, everything is an experience and experience is everything. I really think that encapsulates the tone of this episode of The Retail Show, but really just the retail industry's 2019 initiative as a whole. Everything is an experience. Experience is everything. If you actually want that whole video, you can head to our retail page. It's titled Walking NRF with Melissa Gonzalez and Nicole Leinbach-Raley. You'll see it there under our articles tab. It's a great video, great insight. You should definitely give it a watch. Based on that video, the technology that they said stood out the most was frictionless payment and how that is affecting really the entire in-person experience, um, you know, getting rid of the middleman basically and making payment as frictionless, really as easy as possible for the consumer because when payment is easy, that means that the experience is better and they're probably going to spend more money on products or they're at least going to become more loyal ambassadors of your brand. And another standout from NRF was just the array of technology that stole everyone's attention. And a big exciting one for me personally was easily digital signage. Whether it's powering kiosks as micro-LED screens or creating towering interactive video walls, this cross-section of pro-AV and retail is really at an all-time high. So on today's podcast, we not only get more insight into that retail pro-AV mix, but we get even more thought leadership from our frequent collaborator, Melissa Gonzalez, who hammers home that idea of experience is everything. Let's dive in. For our first feature, let's go ahead and start with how we're revitalizing the retail industry with experiential digital signage. It's something that we've seen consistently over the last several years, and it was really highlighted during the end of last year with the holiday shopping season. 
Market Scale writer Beth Osborne joined us on our podcast to dissect how video walls powered with AR and VR are bridging the gap between brick and mortar and e-commerce. This really is that idea of experience is everything and how one of the biggest intersections of industry is pushing the retail industry forward. Here's host Tyler Kern with that piece. All right, joining me now on the Market Scale Pro AV podcast is Beth Osborne. She's one of our Market Scale correspondents. And recently, she wrote an excellent article for our publication on some of the Pro AV technologies that retail outlets utilized over the holiday season to encourage customers to visit their brick and mortar locations. It really souped up uh, their physical locations quite a bit. And so uh, we're going to talk about that today. Beth, thank you so much for joining me on the Pro AV podcast. So glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, so, uh, throughout the holiday season, uh, we really saw these uh, retail outlets utilizing Pro AV quite a bit to try to soup up their uh, their brick and mortar locations, just get people into stores a little bit more often. And one of the big players in doing that was AR, augmented reality. Uh, so, kind of walk us through some of these examples. Who was using this te- technology, and how exactly were they utilizing it? Sure. So. Everybody wants an experience these days. Every consumer does. It's not just enough for a company to or a brand to have great merchandising and great products. There has to be some kind of experience. And that's really where augmented reality and virtual reality have come into play. And much more so for millennial shoppers who now are the largest um, generation and are digital natives. So if you want to attract those kind of people into your brick and mortar, then you've got to put something out there that intrigues them. Um, So AR and VR certainly things that will lure people lure people in um, to the stores. So some brands that I checked out, um, one is Lego. So everybody knows what Legos are and they're um, a great toy for kids, but they also teach them different things and it's all about imagination. So it makes a lot of sense that Lego would create this AR studio and kind of invite the users in to create something in the augmented world, but then actually go back to the physical world and the Legos and kind of try to recreate it. Um, they did that using Apple's AR kit um, with, with their app, and it definitely probably interested girls and boys in, into a Lego-type gift um, from Santa. <laughs> um, some, some other um, really cool applications are the Target Beauty, Beauty Studio, which um, is something that Target set up in about 10 stores, and they're probably going to um, increase that footprint. So it's kind of, it's a UCAM makeup app. And we've seen this a little bit before. I think Sephora has dabbled in this, not necessarily as um, as an AR, VR, but I really feel like this ap- application of letting people try on different colors um, for their eyes or their lips or their cheeks makes a lot more sense in a VR type of environment than 
just somebody coming in and looking at the physical products and wanting to try them on, but maybe there isn't a tester there, or maybe the, you know, maybe they think it's not sanitary necessary to, to, to use like the tester type of thing. So having that technology that allows somebody to come in and be like, oh, this is exactly how this lip shade would look on me with my skin tone. And it either looks really cool or, or not. Um, another really great use of AR is by the retailer Zara. Yeah, this one, this one really intrigued me. And and I think it's a really, really good idea. Go ahead. Uh, kind of explain how Zara used the, the AR, uh, the AR technology in their stores. So one really cool thing about Zara is they're very much known for, um, having stuff like on, um, you know, right there immediately after it's been like on a fashion show or it's been introduced. So it's, they have this really quick turnaround of something um, being seen out there on a runway and then it's available in the store. So to create that kind of environment in the store, they have these AR um applications that allow the viewer to see the full outfit and what it would look like. Then what's even cooler is you can then use your smartphone to buy it immediately, which obviously they would like you to do so. Um, But they're making it much easier and a more interactive experience than just going in and, you know, thumbing through uh, what's available and you know, maybe trying stuff on, but this really takes it to a different level as the consumer can actually kind of picture themselves in what the full ensemble would look like so that, yeah, you can get that skirt, but it really looks great with the shirt and the jacket and the accessories and all those kind of things. Yeah. And it really encourages people to actually visit the brick and mortar location. So as retailers have kind of struggled to adapt to the new world of online shopping in in a lot of ways, this actually incentivizes people to go into the store and try these technologies and actually uh, utilize them uh, to make sure that they're making the best decision. So when you talk about the target example, making sure that the lipstick is the right shade for them. So then they don't have to go through the added, um, the, the added hassle of of taking it back to the store or at Zara, you can immediately make that purchase, which works out great for the realtor or retailer because then you get people making impulse buys, you know, and that sort of thing. So then you're getting people into the store where then they're more likely to buy more things as they look around and they see things. Uh, it seems to be a great strategy for retailers. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I think what Zara is doing is kind of like bridging the gap between brick and mortar and e-commerce and bringing it into the physical location. Um, I don't I don't know if any of our listeners have ever been to Azara. Um, they are a Spanish brand, but we do have plenty of them here in the U.S. as well. And their store layouts are really nice and very open. Um, so I can only, I have not seen the actual um, technology in person. It's been a while since I've been to Azara. Um, but I can see how it would automatically fit into their, you know, their merchandising type of layout and just the whole kind of mood of the store, which is very, um, it's very sophisticated and very like, you know, you're very much in the 
in the fashion realm of the world. Yeah, it's kind of a trendy European type feeling place. You mentioned it's Spanish. I, I've I've been to Azara. I'm kind of a smaller guy, so it I actually like some of their stuff because it fits uh, the way that I would like for things to fit sometimes. Right. Uh, so I, I like that store. And you're, you're totally right. I think it makes sense just with their overall layout and the overall feel of the store that they're going for. Um, now, there's also an example of uh, VR, VR being used in Singapore. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk us through that example as well. Yeah, sure. So Singapore is certainly known for technology and being on the cutting edge of doing everything that's really cool. Um, so there's this retail complex called 313 at Somerset. And um, so they cooked up this little VR sleigh um, to add, a, you know, an experience for shoppers. What really it did is it keeps the kids um, occupied while mom and dad could actually do some shopping. Um, they worked with a company called Eon Reality, and they really wanted to, you know, step up their their Christmas game, so to speak. And it, from from what I saw, and I obviously didn't actually see it in Singapore, but from what I um, read and looked at, it it was really a successful campaign for them, and turned out to be something that kids and parents really liked. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And and again, another example of freeing people up in physical store locations uh, to be able to then browse and shop around and maybe buy more than what they would have bought if they had just gone online with the intention of buying just one thing. So getting them in the store and then giving them an experience beyond just the usual online experience or just the typical brick and mortar experience. And I really do think that this is an interesting blend and using the Pro-AV technology, you know, AR, VR, lots of different things is, uh, is really helping bridge that gap like you mentioned earlier, uh, across the various sectors of retail, be it, you know, be it the, the physical brick and mortar locations or the e-commerce side using this pro AV, uh, technology is really helping bridge that gap. And I think you're right. And your article really uh, does a great job of displaying that just talking about, um, how retailers are doing it and how they're innovating in the holiday season. And so, uh, it was a really, really exciting look. And uh, I thank you so much for uh, joining me here on the pro AV podcast to, uh, to share that with us. Thank you. It was lovely chatting with you. And I'm sure that this is a topic um, that we will come back to because AR and VR are certainly the future um, of that retail in-store experience. Absolutely. That is Beth Osborne, our market scale correspondent, joining us here on the Pro AV podcast. Thank you again, Beth. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to MarketScale writer Beth Osborne and our in-house host, Mr. Tyler Kern, for that piece. We always love sourcing our own writers for content because they really do become the industry experts in all these different verticals. Beth Osborne has been a real standout for our pro-AV industry vertical. She's based out of Las Vegas, which is probably the hub for experiential digital signage. So whenever we need some quick insight, Beth is the one to go to. So thanks again to Beth for all that commentary. Our next feature brings back Melissa Gonzalez, CEO of the Lionesca Group. Before we linked up with her at NRF, we'd actually already collaborated with her on a few podcast episodes exploring the power of the pop-up shop. 
At NRF, we got her insight on tech trends, though something that felt lacking from the show were the big retailers themselves. Truthfully, it was smaller companies with big ideas who were shaking up the back-end process, payment process, and experience for retailers. So what are the larger companies doing to bring innovation to retail? One company is trying something a little out of the box. Athleisure retailer Lululemon recently partnered with Penguin Random House Books for a collaboration on a pop-up library located in Lululemon's Hub 17 community space in New York City. It's a real highlight of experiential store experiences and in-store concepts that are transforming the face of retail, engaging customers in unique ways, and really setting a new brand image for your company. Gonzalez gives her take on why this is the perfect encapsulation of experience is everything in retail. Here's Shelby Skirhawk with that feature. The athleisure retailer Lululemon recently partnered with Penguin Random House Books for an unusual collaboration. Together, they created a pop-up library located in the store's Hub 17 community space in New York City's Flatiron Building. It includes spaces for guests to read or check out over a thousand curated books, as well as iPads to listen to audiobooks. But the Vancouver-based retailer's Fifth Avenue location isn't just a store. It's a 3,500-square-foot loft-like space where it hosts yoga classes by popular instructors in the adjoining studios. And the store hosts celebrity book readings, curated food experiences, and on a recent day, hosted a session about busted New Year's resolutions and how to make this year your best year ever. This kind of experiential store is exactly what retail needs, experts like Melissa Gonzalez say. Melissa is CEO of the Lionesque Group. Yeah, I think, you know, you're seeing shop and shops happen um, across industries. And I think it's another example of that. And I think the theme that you're going to continue to see is that collaboration is today's competition. Melissa, it seems like we're seeing a lot more of these pop-up and experiential store concepts becoming part of the sales and marketing strategies for retailers and brands. So why do you think that trend is going to continue in 2019 with more retail stores trying to refresh its brick and mortar concept? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about meeting customer interests, needs and demands. And so they're finally catching up to understanding that whether it's pop up or long term, it's about experiences and creating experiential environments. And you really have to create a reason for people to walk into physical and they can shop from their phone in two, two seconds and it's very efficient. And they're seduced by great imagery via their Instagram or their Insta stories and they can click to buy. And so when it comes to physical, you know, it's really about a re- think of the purpose of it that it serves. And so retailers, I, they were a little, I think, slower to adapt to it. Um, but a lot of them have deep pockets. So once they start getting hip to it, they're starting to make strategic partnerships and investments. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening in the next year or two. So then what do you make of Lululemon's collaboration with Penguin Random House? I mean, are these strange bedfellows or is this really the disruption that the industry needs? Penguin Random House has a deep collection, right? So curation is a really important part of it. And I think that the way that they're curating the books, right, it's it's geared towards topics that make sense for the Lululemon shopper. It's it's um, it's health, it's fitness, it's mindfulness, it's food, you know, so they are curating the product in line with the customer that's going into that store. 
Lululemon is one of several forward-thinking retailers that are looking to change the definition of a retail store. In September 2017, Apple announced that it no longer call its retail locations stores, but rather town squares. Senior Vice President of Retail and Online Sales, Angela Ahrens, described their new flagship stores as a gathering place, complete with classes on coding, music, gaming, photography, and app development. Quote, we think of Apple Retail as Apple's largest product. These new town squares will include the Genius Grove, which is essentially a redesigned Genius Bar, as well as new in-store experiences such as Today at Apple, which is staffed by Creative Pro employees. Last month, new concept store Neighborhood Goods opened its first location in Plano, Texas. Nestled among high-end flagships and millions of square feet in newly relocated corporate headquarters, including Toyota, Liberty Mutual, and J.P. Morgan Chase. The store, the store as a service model, how, the store as a service model houses dozens of rotating brands, including MeUndies, Hims, and Lisa mattresses that exist primarily as online e-commerce and don't have a physical store presence. You know, we have a client that we worked with for a couple of years called Lisa uh, Mattress. And one of the things that we worked on them with was creating community around the brand. And so they sold mattresses, but as a product, but as a bigger message, right? Their their value proposition was giving back um, because for every 10 mattresses they sell, they donate one to a homeless shelter and also just about wellness, right? Sleep and wellness. And so we would create pop and shops for them on a monthly basis with like-minded brands Um, that complemented that community message. So there was a company called Inner Glow. They would host meditation events there. You know, something that complements the offering or the value proposition doesn't compete for wallet share and just kind of has a a very similar overall message that would drive community into the space and see it as kind of a destination. But beyond creating collaborative spaces for shopping, learning, and wellness – Many retailers are incorporating specific experiences, emotions, and ambiance into their stores. Yeah, so I think it's around placemaking, really. I think when you talk about Times Square, I think that's why food halls have seen such a a growth as well. And so when you talk about it, it's really creating um, these experiences where people want to stay a while. Like That's what's made Starbucks be so successful. They created a place for people to be. You know, people refer to it as like your third place. You have work, you have home, you have Starbucks. And so when you create environments where people can dwell for a while and now look at Starbucks, they don't just sell coffee, right? They have curated merchandise in the store as well. And so I think that's where you're going. And when you create an environment where people want to frequent, they might not shop your product every time, but if you've built community around your brand, then you've created a more emotional relationship with your brand. And so people are more likely to shop a product from your company because of that emotional connection, not just because of the product you sell. I think that athleisure brands, since we're talking about Lululemon, have done a good job of that. Um, You look at Bandier, you look at Athleta, like they all have studios within their locations that they offer free classes to work out. And I might not need to buy leggings every time I go for a workout, but when I do, that's probably what I'm going to think of first because I have a relationship with that brand now. That kind of in-store brand loyalty is valuable and rare now that we can purchase anything we desire online with a click. But you can't Instagram your online purchase and you can't purchase experiences. Yeah, I think that's that's why collaboration and, and strategic partnerships are really important. I think for brands to rely on 
to be driven just with themselves is, is definitely a challenge. Um, it depends what kind of following you have and everything like that. But if you create strategic partnerships, that makes sense. You really think about your core customer. What do they care about? What do they want to hear about? What kind of activities do they want to do? Like what's on brand to you? And you invest that time and in, in building those relationships with those, with the right strategic partners and making sure that it's not really about volume too, just making sure that they're as meaningful as possible and really creating a filter. Don't just host an event with anybody. Like what, what, what do you want it to what purpose is it serving? So is it furthering the message of giving back? Is it furthering the message of wellness? Is it furthering the message of um, women entrepreneur? Like, you know, really think through it and then create those strategic partnerships to host uh, events that have meaning behind them. Melissa, when do you think these store in stores, as you described them, and these strategic collaborations will become the rule and not the exception in the retail industry? I mean, I think it's kind of getting close of creating these environments that people are expecting it because I think it's led by, again, like the consumer. You know, I think people went to pop-up stores and they expected to be surprised and delighted. And then when they went to a permanent store, their expectations are a little bit different. But I think those expectations are across the board now. And it's really driven by the advancement of technology that's not only making it easy for us to buy with one click, but also we have Alexa and we talk to her and, you know, there's voice shopping and there's so many conveniences. And and so we don't expect that to stop just because we walk into a store. We expect that fluidity to continue. It's just what brands across the board, whether it's pop-up or permanent, really need to think about. And you're starting to see a lot of those big brands do that. And I think that it's further pushing the needle. Like look at the Nike innovation store that opened in, in New York City and you shop with your Nike app and that's the only way you can shop. And, you know, it works for them because they have millions of people who have downloaded that app or if you think of the Starbucks reserve like why does Starbucks need a reserve they have locations in every couple blocks and they're always full but this is about a bigger conversation around the brand's offering and community building and education and a deeper level of opening your mindset of what's possible with coffee so I think it's it's just something that more and more retailers regardless of the size or the duration of the store are going to have to keep in mind for market scale retail I'm Shelby Skirhawk Thanks again to Shelby Skurhawk for that feature. And with that conversation, we wrap up today's episode of the Market Scale Retail Podcast. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we're just coming off of NRF. It uh, hasn't really even been that long, and we really get the whole year to soak in what we saw at that show. Um, so much technology pushing the space forward from warehouse management robots to frictionless payment software, and I think it really sets us up for a year of analysis. I'm looking forward to spearheading a lot of that content and getting it to all of you. We already have a lot of great NRF content on our retail website. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any of the other podcatchers, and you're not on our website, make sure you head to marketscale.com slash industries slash retail and you'll find all of our NRF content there from articles to videos to podcasts live from the show. We spoke to Jeff while he was there giving us some constant updates. So everything is very timely. I hope you all enjoy all that great NRF content. But again, that's it for today's episode of The Retail Show. So if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. 
And if after listening to this, you feel like you have some great story idea to contribute, whether that is you want to be a thought leader on the podcast, you have a colleague who you think would kill a feature, or you just have some industry trends that you'd like to share with our team, please feel free to shoot me an email with those ideas. I'd love to hear from our audience. You can hit me up at daniel.litwin at marketscale.com. Again, daniel.litwin, L-I-T-W-I-N, at marketscale.com. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. So one more time, I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.